Hey, welcome to the Sharon Jesus Podcast, where we share stories, awesome ministry moments, and everything in between. I'm your host, Caleb Reese, and join with me as always are our lead pastor, Michael Reese, associate pastor, Sean Collins, and student pastor, Rob Cox. Y'all excited for today's Let's episode? Let's go. Oh, I'm pumped. Ready to roll. As you can see from the title, we're talking about the generations of youth ministry. And uh, y'all aren't here in the room with us, but our kind of God sheet that we have laid before us. Uh, we have our pastor who's going to talk about youth ministry in the 80s, Sean who's going to talk about youth ministry in the 90s, Rob who's going to talk about youth ministry in the 2000s, and, and we're all going to kind of hit on uh, youth ministry from the 2000s and up, and even in this current decade that we're in right now. We're going to talk about what youth ministry we were involved in, uh, youth pastors that, that led these awesome ministries, and you know the highlights from the 80s and 90s and 2000s and beyond of the camps and conferences that we attended uh, just some awesome memories uh, that we're going to take, kind of like mem- going down memory lane. Uh, so a- as we dive into today's episode, uh, what are y'all most excited for to talk about today? Well, it's bringing back memories, just like you said. Uh, the Usually youth ministry has been the same. It just adapts. It adapts to each decade. It adapts to uh, the fun items. The Word of God stays the same, and yeah. uh, which is relevant. I mean, we always say... Hey, uh, God's message never changes, but our methods do. How we reach people. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm pumped to hear the stories because I was like not in youth ministry as a right. teenager. I was the I was always the guest, and so I don't know what it was like. But I also used to teach history, so I love to see how things repeat themselves and they come back full circle, or even evolved. Yeah, or, or something that was cool in the '70s and died off and then all of a sudden right. somebody's presenting it again and it's this new thing youth so i'm ready to learn is definitely a hundred percent i think it, it reflects kind of culture especially now because things can be trendy and things can work in the 80s but now you know sometimes they don't work sometimes they do but and we'll dive into it some but you just look at a conference like ayc it was it was cool in the 90s still cool now and uh, we'll dive into that later but sure. as we dive into this first segment all right Let's dive into youth ministry in the 80s. Okay. Uh, matter of fact, I will jump back just a little bit. I got saved in 1977. Uh, my mom's a single mom at that particular time. Uh, she ended up marrying a, a great guy, my stepdad, uh, Garvis Forrest. In 1980, we went to a church, and I remember uh, some youth leaders I had. I wanted to just give a shout-out in the 70s, uh, Larry and Margie Joe Chalker, he later on surrendered in the ministry. And, uh, but I remember uh, there was also uh, John and Sarah Lewis, I think, were in that mix. And they, uh, Jeannie and Lemoyne Wiggins, I believe he also surrendered in the ministry. And they were all in charge. Their kids were young, doing all these different things. I remember what stands out is a, and this is cutting edge, I mean, for a church in the late 70s to have a type of fall festival. I mean, it was spooky stuff where you would walk into this room and you would stick your hand in a hole and you'd have to identify this. And they said, this is eyeballs. And all it was was, was peeled uh, grapes. We still play grapes. that game. It's called What's in the Box. Yes, yeah, What's yeah. in the Box. There what's you go. In the box. And then here's some guts you'd reach into, but it's really Got to guess what it is. Is spaghetti. Yeah. 
Wow. And uh, that, you know, and those things, and then into the 80s, there was Kim and Steve Phillips, who was our youth director then, and, and or Missionary Baptist Church. This is after that, in uh, a big youth trip happened, I believe it was 1981 or 1982. Uh, Kim and Steve Phillips was our youth directors back then, and or Missionary Baptist Church, Huntington, Texas. We saved up and went to Eureka Springs, the Passion Play. It was a big oh, yeah. deal, rented a van, left out 15 passenger van 1973 model it was creaky and old and i don't know if it was that year but it you know and, and what we did even back then there were such things as youth rallies i was the president of the youth rally Ooh, as a time. teenager yep wow the president God started early <laughs> el presidente in my teenage years and uh so i'm up there moderating the youth rally all that did was train you for church business meetings later so moderated was it like rally was it like moderated the youth rally was it like a big thing in the yes, 80s it was. for Each students church. to load up in a bus and yes. go somewhere and the thing is what the highlight was about youth rallies in the 80s when i met uh caleb's mom and uh karen before caleb was ever thought about and uh and so i meet uh her at church camp and of course, church camps, they were cutting edge. And Doug Curtis will tell you this, in the 60s, they, a lot of older preachers thought that was of the devil, church camps. Really? Yes. Wow. Wow. ABA, church camps, in the 60s of the devil. You've said something about the 60s and the 70s now that are cutting edge. They this were cutting thing. edge then. And uh, in these youth rallies, here's the highlight of them. Number one. Obviously, just like you said earlier, when you started in youth, excuse me, you started attending youth events. It was for the girls, and yes, you go to another church uh, to meet the girls. That Which, also food. Let's go back to the culture, honestly, of America in the seventies and eighties. Mm -hmm. Like Sunday was for church. Yes. Every no, everyone did not go to church, but like everyone like knew like Sundays for church, and mo but most people Sundays went to church. In the South. Sundays in the South is about church. Matter of fact, get this, when I grew up in the 70s and 80s, uh, there were laws such as certain stores could not be open on Sunday. Yeah. The selling of any alcohol was not allowed on Sunday, depending on the county you lived in. The only and, way, reason I know that is because of the movie Footloose. <laughs> exactly. And so <laughs> really random. The, those, that was the culture in the 70s and 80s when I grew up. And, uh, and then, of course, I graduated high school in 1985, met Miss Karen in 1986. And we could, we could not date the first six years, but we could go to church and youth rallies together. Mm. First six, I said six years, I might have meant six months because she was 15. She turned 16. We started dating. And uh, so, so what, what you're what saying was, is, is you had to leave room for Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in between. Okay, exactly. And the Bible in between us. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, different things. I remember uh, youth events. You know, meeting up on a Saturday, singing around a campfire, uh, roasting marshmallows, having a good time. It was, singing was a big thing uh, in those '70s youth songs. Oh my, I'm not going to. Yeah, that's not even on our list. What are some like, obviously hymns been around for years before the 70s and 80s. But, but what? But there was contemporary music yeah, in the what, 70s. So since that's relevant, you know, we're and here at Sharon, we're, we we love a blended worship service. What were some popular? Yeah, sing us a song. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. And uh, the, uh, I, I cannot remember. Yeah, he's looking it up on Google right now. Yeah, I cannot remember what it was. Popular in the 70s. songs in the 80s. <laughs> 
<laughs> worship songs in the 80s. I probably yeah. know some of them because they've stuck around forever. Yeah. Well, I remember that in the 80s, uh, there was a contemporary artist who was cutting edge, and I liked listening to him. His name was Carmen. And uh, I it, knew that was coming. If you don't know, yeah. this Saturday night, I'm going to see, he was around in the way back era, Stephen Curtis Chapman. I'm going to see him on Saturday night. A spirit song, glorify thy name, Father, I adore you. Uh, Maranatha worship songs of the of the uh, 60s, 70s, and 80s, and I hit play and stop that thing. Okay. Campfires and s'mores and singing yes. cool songs. Mm-hmm. And that so was a was, big thing. Was that church was camp the highlight of the the youth groups in in the, the 80s? And that's a good question. I did not go to my first. I don't remember first time ever feeling that homesick. My mom sent me to church camp in 1978, I think it was. Mm-hmm. First time I'd ever been to church camp, staying away from home for a whole week. I called home by uh, getting on a payphone, and I would you dial zero, and you tell the operator on to call home collect. Which and this was the early 2000s, but I remember when Bog Springs had that, that phone. That the payphone? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so way back when. There would be the a big line. line. There would yep. be a line. Well, that's that's awesome. And uh, I, we can keep stepping forward. Sean, we're going to step into the 90s. Yes, going to the 90s. You were in youth ministry, pastor, surrendered to the ministry early on, starts pastoring. He's involved in youth ministry. Y'all talk about the 90s. What was that like? Yeah, so youth ministry in the 90s. Of course, you know, starting off personal testimony here, I was um, saved um and uh, baptized 95, 96. Uh, I'll get to that in just a second, but I was saved at a, a Joy Explo conference. Um, no, Winter Jam. It was kind of a Winter mm. Jam Joy Explo conference. Yeah, you told me that. Yeah, and uh, so I was saved, uh, baptized. Uh, but youth ministry for me was, is my parents, um, they really were worried about me because I was. I always carried a book with me. I don't know if things have changed much, um, but I've always carried a book with me. You do have a lot of books. Well, Which, when did... Uh, where were you at in youth ministry as far as location? Yeah, so uh, yeah, so we lived out on a farm in Royal, uh, Arkansas, okay. which is just um, west of Hot Springs. Uh, and my parents wanted me to go to youth uh, because of the fact that I always carried the book around. So they were worried about me. So they wanted me to meet friends. Uh, so that was what it was all about for them. They were worried about me, wanted me to meet friends, and they felt like church was a good place to do that. Mm. I'd be around, um, uh, quote-unquote, good uh, moral uh, uh, kids. Uh, we could, I could you know, hang out with them. My sister actually was going to the youth group there at the church closest to our house there on Sunshine Road uh, before I went. Uh, started going there. Uh, little did I know, and I'm very thankful for that for my parents. I mean, I remember one time not wanting to go to church, and actually I got in the back seat. My sister was driving, and I remember banging on the window like mad because I didn't want to go. Uh, I didn't. I didn't want to go and hang out. It was. It was. You know, just not what I wanted to do that yeah. night. And little did I know that that decision that they made uh, changed my life. Wow. Uh, yeah, and 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 here I sit, even though they didn't go to church. Yeah. They did not go to church. I could count on the time from that time to, you know, when I was, you know, um, a, a kid growing up. The only time I went to church was when, and I know we're getting a little serious here, but the only time I went to church was when I went to stay the night with a friend. So yeah. we're talking a handful of times, and, and it changed my life. I had, so, a, I had a lot of friends like that growing up. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, man, I'd be in a. Uh, I remember talking one day to the preacher. Uh, I didn't know what it what it was all about, and the I can tell you exactly when it was because it was when the Buffalo Bills went to three straight Super Bowls and lost every one of them. <laughs> Actually, so it was they re- went to four straight. Four? Straight. Did I miss it? Okay, yeah. I, my brain was saying four. My mm-hmm. mouth said three, uh, but they lost uh, to the Giants, to the Cowboys. I think twice. Cowboys twice, Giants, and I don't remember the other team. So, anyhow, uh, I remember talking to him about the Super Bowl. I didn't know this guy. He didn't know me, and I was sitting there having a conversation while he was in the pulpit. Uh, Mm. They were about to dismiss, though. Um, So, the conferences, uh, what I remember, youth ministry, Winter Jam, Joy Expo, Hot Hearts. Which I looked it up. I was curious when Winter Jam started. It was in 95, and I remember hearing the history of this is that it started as called January Jam. That's not cool. I'm glad they changed it. Yeah. <laughs> so the conferences, for me at that time, when I went, it was all about the sleepover, the hotel in Little Rock. I could go and hang out. It was a free night in a hotel away from the farm. Mm. So, and see, Rob, we miss out on this being in Benton right now. When we go to Little Rock, we just go home. Oh, it's just so close. Let's just drive back home. Yeah, but come home. Man, I missed that. Uh, and I'm like, man, I've thought let's about doing hotel rooms even on a short 20 mile trip, like just to get that experience. I've thought about that. Mm-hmm. Well, and talk about experience too, because I mean, you are in charge. And of course, you know, boys are here, girls are here, I'm youth you. leaders. <laughs> I mean, you know, you've got a separate, you know, you got to. Speaking of something that he's talking about that fits in, he he was talking, by the way, I love you, Lord. I lift, uh, I lift my voice, worship you, oh, my soul rejoice. You just Google that. Wow, well, thanks. I, no, no, that was 78. That when you started. No, no, I'm going to get there. I've already written them down. <laughs> what, songs? Yeah, I'm going to get there. You ready for 90s? I'm going to get there. I've get got it. a few. He's get got it. it. All right. So. But volunteer youth leaders, that's what we had, volunteer youth leaders. Now, I was Mm. at a smaller Southern Baptist church there. They Uh, make youth ministry happen. Yeah, exactly. Volunteer youth ministry. It was a husband and wife team. Uh, They had the the wherewithal during this conference to come to me and said, hey, we just want you to know that we're praying for you. That's all they said. Mm -hmm. Well, the Spirit used that. The Spirit, um, I like to say, um, awakened my heart, but the Spirit convicted me. Uh, of what's all that about? What does that mean? Because I I wasn't ready. What does that mean? So I went to her afterwards, and I began talking with her. She shared the gospel with me, and I got saved. That's cool. Yeah. And so so that's what it's about. But let me backtrack just a hair, because youth ministry, here we are. I was running the roads, country roads, with a a guy by the name of Michael Caparella. Don't even know where he was at. Uh, but we, we would run the roads, play video games. This was before this conference where I got saved. I, I was lost, didn't know the Lord. We were running in his low rider. He had a uh, S10 dropped to the ground uh, with a kicker um, in, the, in the seat there, 12 inch, no, oh, yeah. 12 inch kicker. Um, right in between the two seats. Yes, yes. And Bumping. Yeah, now we're going to get to Christian music, but at that time it was... Bone, 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 thugs in harmony. Uh, okay, okay. Okay. So we want, guy, Michael says to me, hey, let's go to church camp. I, I, let's go to church camp. We can go to church camp. We can play basketball, all the basketball we want. Let's go. Yeah. So we knock on the guy's That's door. That's the selling point. Yeah, basketball. Yeah, yeah, at that time it was, even for me, and I'm like tiny, still yeah. am. So we knock on the guy's door, and hey sir we would like to go preacher answer at that time parsonage we would like to go to church camp oh, y'all just went to the parsonage yes 
Yeah, we want to go to church camp. Let's go talk to this guy. So okay. he <laughs> says, looks at us, scrappy kids, just, you know, don't even know who we are. Uh, I don't know you. You haven't been to any of our services. Y'all can't go. Oh. Yeah. Here was an opportunity for them to take us to church camp. Two kids that didn't know the Lord. I, like I said, I don't even know where Michael is now. Mm-hmm. We need to track um, him down. And I know for a fact, I mean, I know for, it wasn't long after that, I know he was slinging drugs. I do know that. Um, uh, I hope that's okay to say, but uh, just one of them things. It was years ago. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we didn't know the Lord. Yeah. And, and that could have been, I mean, God in his providence, he took care of it all. Sure. But I often sure. wonder, don't ever turn down a kid. It that could have been Sean to, and Michael. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I've never, ever, ever forgotten that. So that's the reason if a kid wants to go to camp, we find a way to get him to camp. Because mm-hmm. I was turned down. Get on the bus. Yes. Let's go. Yeah, so. Which, if you don't know what a parsonage is, it's the house where the pastor lives. So they just went went up to the parsonage and knocked on his door. Yeah. So um, DC Talk was real popular to music. Mm. Uh, again, Hot Hearts, Joy Expo, they brought in the big guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at that time, Clay Cross. I actually saw him years later. Yeah. Uh, at a smaller event, of course, his time was over. Uh, you know, he was older, um, and he actually did pass his guitar back to the person. He was you know, he passed it back, and I'm like, dude, the stand's literally two feet away from yeah. you. You could have set your own guitar down. Big time, and when you just hand it off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, Clay Cross was real popular. Um, there was a few more, but uh, of course, one of the songs, and and it's still done today to a degree. Uh, big big house, That's lots and lots one. of room. That's doing good. the whole football motion yeah yep. that was huge the one that hit me in the 90s i was preaching a youth camp 1990 and mm-hmm. the fellow who led the singing johnny williams he's married to shirley williams rich mullins our god is an awesome god mm-hmm. yeah was i was popular. listening to a podcast the other day uh, and i encourage everybody to listen to different podcasts but uh chris tomlin everybody knows who he has been around for years um which it's an older song is uh we fall down, we lay our crowns yes. at mm-hmm. the feet of Jesus. Yeah. And he told the story of when he wrote that song in his hotel mm-hmm. one night. Now I think it was for a winter jam. And he went up he went up to the artist and said, Hey, look, I want to put this on the, the list every single night for the rest of the tour. Yeah. And so he said it's gonna be a big hit. And he's like and he was like, Chris, you're crazy. And so they they put it in the set list and it it song that blew up. It did. Yeah. So oh, it, go ahead, Sean. Well, well I was just gonna transition and I do have a transition story, but go ahead and then I'll transition it. What was it like, Pastor? Well, well like I wanna leading. piggyback on one thing that Sean said that, that just breaks my heart to hear what he just described. There in the nineties, I'm pastoring in the nineties mm-hmm. in East Texas, there was a church I'm pastoring in our church camp that we go to, Pine Springs. And I forget the name of the church, but I remember the town, Kirbyville, Texas, mm-hmm. one of our, our sister churches, Missionary Baptist Churches. It's cutting edge again. They said they went to the whole school. They rented two Greyhound buses. Anybody that wants to go to church camp, come. That's what this mm-hmm. church did? This church mm-hmm. did. Cost them $3,000. Yeah. Well, wow. I mean, that's, that's and, uh, well worth it. They, they, and guess what? Yes, but the thing is... They had to come up with enough sponsors for each of these kids. And by all that money, it wasn't the fees of the church camp. They had, it was the transportation involved. Right. Renting the buses. Renting the buses. Greyhound buses. Yes. Yeah, they're not free. And uh, 
the big bluebirds. But I that and and I that year had brought probably about thirty five to forty kids. Our biggest year I think was fifty two kids. Anyway, or fifty two total. Uh, the church camp was packed. But I my I was like, wow, that it's a lot of work. Well, and I was just going to say, I mean, you know, and 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 hey, um, the church that that I was with, that again, I was in the youth department. Um, I could have, they could have easily turned me away. Hey, we're going to this conference, but you're not, you know, you're not this, or you're not, you know, you're not one of the regulars or whatnot. But they let me go to the conference, and it was obviously the Lord used it, and it was yeah. life changing. Mm, and wow. here, here we are. That's cool to hear your backstory. Yeah. And, and I will say this, guys, and now, now I'm, I'm just just laying it down. Um, that um, little country SBC church, but the church that uh, the pastor that turned me down, I don't know, you know, I don't even know who it was, but I do know that the church that said no, um, and it wasn't the church, I shouldn't say that, but, but that the church is still there in that same location, still ministering, and uh, I, you know, still doing their thing. I can go right back to it. And, um, uh, it was actually one of our churches in, in the ABA mm-hmm. that did that, and uh, not throwing shade, but that's just the that's just the honest truth. And I pray to God that they've kind of moved from that, past that, and learned yeah. from it. Which, and if they haven't, maybe that'll help. Maybe in, this will help. in both of y'all's eras, was bus min, bus ministry like was it a big thing? That's what I was wondering. I don't know if we got enough time. Well, that yeah, that's uh, it was cutting edge in the seventies. A lot of churches grew. Uh, during the 70s through bus ministries, a lot of independent Baptists way up in big cities and stuff right. exponentially. But what happened was is they threw these big nets out there, yeah. gathered lots of people, some in messy ministry again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you got to get messy if you want to deal with people. Yeah. And uh, some people like it nice and neat and tidy and don't like any new. And uh, that's not Jesus didn't do that. So church camp, of course, I've already mentioned that I wasn't able to go to one, um, but I was, I was um, obviously, I began to see dress code change uh, with church camp. Um, pastor, oh, that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah, oh, I know, I know. Ooh. Like, Pastor was probably swimming in his three piece suit and tie. <laughs> but I, I began to Dress see. Dress codes coming yeah, soon. Yeah, I began to see. I was part of the groups that you saw that, um, uh, you know, they still had um, the whole you couldn't swim together thing. Plus, in worship, you had to wear a certain thing. I mm-hmm. was I began to see that changing during during the early parts of of my ministry when yeah. I started. But here's the transition story right here. So ninety nine two thousand, um, right about in there, we had we got a dunking booth. Okay, mm. we got a dunking booth out on the parking lot, and. Um, we bring it in, and I get in the dunking booth. Well, what do I do? I take my shirt off. I mean, you have to. You're oh, about no. to get wet in oh, the no. dunking booth. And, Pastor, you're saying, oh, no, oh, no, because to me, that's just what you do. You have. I mean, I'm a guy, okay? Yeah, you're in the dunking booth. I'm in the dunking booth. <laughs> take your shirt off. I didn't realize how— You only brought one shirt. That's right. Which, what we'll get to it when we get in the future ministry, but what always confused me is they're always like dress code, dress code, dress code, but during the summer when these kids are spending time at the lake and at swimming pools, they guys don't have their shirts on. And they're always like, at church camp, they're like, wear a shirt. And I'm just like— at the end of the day, why? I, I, like they're well, going to go home and go swim together, and they're not going to have a shirt on. Because if you don't wear that shirt, you're going to hell. <laughs> mm. I, I didn't realize how scandalous that was until years later. That yeah. the guy looked at me and said, "I can't believe you took off your shirt that time." 
I'm like, I'm, I was getting in a Duncan booth. Yeah. So there's my transition that's my story. One, move. That's, that's my shirt for worship tonight. I'm, I'm telling you. <laughs> well, so, yeah. That that's awesome. And we're we're gonna take a quick break, and then we're gonna dive into uh, youth ministry in two thousands and beyond. And I'm super excited. So you may be getting to work. You maybe want to take a quick break, and uh, we'll get by, right back to youth ministry in the two thousands and beyond. Hey, welcome back to episode seven, Generations of Youth Ministry. In our first segment, we talked about youth ministry in the 80s with our pastor and youth ministry in the 90s with our associate pastor, Sean Collins, and with our student pastor, Rob. We're about to dive into what youth ministry looked like in the 2000s, then we'll all kind of dive into what it looks like now in the 2000s and beyond. So, Rob, we're in the 2000s. What age, what age were you... Uh, let's say 15, 16, what year was that? Uh, or you can well, go 12, 13, you know, kind of in the youth ministry age. Graduated 2008, so I was 18 then. So, yeah, I was 10 in 2000. So, yeah, uh, starting to enter into my teen years yep. in the early 2000s. Yeah. And uh, youth ministry. be honest with you, I don't really know what it looked like as a student. Now, was it, Which, I was, where, where were you? Located? I was in Camden, mm-hmm. uh, Washita County. South Arkansas, South Central, and I was always the guest. I would always go big events coming up. Yeah, I'm there. Yeah, you got me. Like, uh, like what big event though? Give me like give me we, something here. We we went to one. I remember a church uh, in a smaller town that I actually graduated with. Uh, it was up in Branson. It, it was kind of like Winter Jam, but it was. Uh, they still do that. Yes, it's it's still going on. I went to that one. I know uh, what you're talking about. Yeah, like Skillet was there. Oh was yeah, some big names. Oh, uh, Extreme Winter was that it? Something yes, it was something winter, winter. Yeah, yeah, something yeah, and, and uh, went to that one. It was you know free trip like Sean was talking about oh, hotel yeah. hotel room, uh, free trip, get some meals paid for and go to this event. Sure, right? Yeah, and uh, the most memorable ones probably the lock ins, and I think they had these a lot. But the lock ins in Little Rocket Wild River Country, they were like big deal, right? Was it just one church or a bunch of churches? No, it was, it was like packed. It was a packed event, you a know, church wide or church churches. Yeah, it was a church sponsored. I, I don't even know. They said, "Hey, we're going to Wild River Country, and you can ride the stuff as all many night. times as you want so, all night long." So, so all night they would run Wild River Country. Yeah, like it was totally wow. operational wow. from uh, like nine p.m. to sundown to sun up. Yeah, and so we're That's like crazy. leaving uh, wee hours of the morning and. You know, sun's coming up on the way home. You well, know, you got which if you trip. want to revive, I think Wild River Country's for sale. If you want to try it to revive, is, it. it is. Yeah, yeah it we, is for sale. Have you seen the pictures? What's our budget like? You think we can buy that? Turn it into a ministry? <laughs> a ministry? We might could. It looks pretty rough. <laughs> be next level. Yeah, it would be big. It would One dollar. Yeah. Hey, did y'all do anything Friday night? Like you know, I know at, at, at football games, high school football. I'm glad games, you, you said that. Ooh, something uh, as an athlete. Fifth that, quarter. Fifth, fifth quarter, that fifth was it. Quarter Instead was of the it. 19th hole, it was the fifth quarter. Yes, and uh, uh, we would do the fifth quarter some. Yeah, I do remember that. That was in my early teenage years. Totally forgot until y'all said that Friday yeah. night. Thank you, I did, John. too. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, food. That's why I'm here. Teamwork. Uh, free food? Yeah, Which I'll go. Pastor and, has uh, put together some of those fifth quarters. Yeah. Yep. Sharon, even uh, the after-prom events, too. 
Yeah, we, we had the most amazing. I don't know who came up with the idea. Uh, my brother-in-law married to my sister, uh, Richard Hayden. He's uh, all into uh, firemen safety and repelling and paramedic and all kinds of uh, neat stuff that he does. Sounds and he, like MacGyver. MacGyver. <laughs> he, uh, he came up with ropes courses. Okay. And so we oh, did that's a, right. We did ropes courses as a big youth event, and you climb, and you're, it's all – pretty cool safety he would in the back i was the safety guy for trey emory yeah trey emory crimes the jacob's ladder he's 24 (laughs) feet in the air and he lets go and our our gym i I go flying up our gym was steel beams so he he made ropes courses in the gym like with the steel beams it was really cool and a a three or four hundred foot zip line out back from from a huge tree tied to the back of a the church van And yeah, the These and it was 40, 42 feet in the air. Yeah, forty-two feet in the air. It was crazy. well. We came up with the idea to do an after prom, and yeah. so after prom, everybody came out to the church and did a ropes course all night. And we had a bunch of food. Sweet. To go That's with it. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, man. Just what? like back back to it. It was free food. Yeah. They had, uh, fifth quarter be a bunch of goofy stuff. Uh, I even remember this was back. I don't know. Uh, it was Aaron Williams. He, he's a uh, uh, worship leader. He used to be at a church. Now he's mm-hmm. with Joel, I think. And uh, that's where like he it's got still in started. The Central Arkansas area. Yeah. Uh, Aaron got started with fifth quarters. I remember that. And okay. uh, you know, p- play games, uh, face face the cookie. Yeah. You know, and then the glass game where you try to eat the Oreos off the glass. You do a bunch of those youth games, and uh, it'd be free food, and there would always be the Word of God presented at those things it was yeah. like that was the constant so so i do remember those uh I'm, when i was younger you know like they'd get you on stage junior high kid you know you'd have to act out the father abraham song and then it'd get quicker and faster and faster and faster and it was just goofy stuff so obviously they, church church events and uh, like church in general was popular in their era sunday wednesday nights was Wednesday nights a thing in the early 2000s? I would say yes. It, it was probably way more popular back then than it is today. Now we're competing a lot, it seems like, and I'm getting into my mm, yeah. uh, this age, but yeah. we're competing a lot with the schools. Uh, and I'm not even going to throw this on the parents, but but it's just the culture nowadays. It's like, hey, if we're not going to do this, somebody else is. It's like the you know it's fear driven, and we got to do this. Yeah. And so you see a lot of makeup games and other events being scheduled on Wednesday nights. Whereas back when I was in the 2000s, uh, growing up, whether or not I went to church or not, I was talking about this just the other day with my wife Haley, and we were talking like. You know, there might be a championship baseball game going on Saturday night. It might be at midnight, 1 Mm a.m. But you're finishing. There's no games on, like, Sunday. There's no games. And now you see it. It's all day Sunday ball ball tournaments are being well, played. Well, it's, it's all day Friday, well, well, Saturday, Friday, and Saturday, Sunday. But Sunday was never a thing back then, and now you're seeing it a lot filter into the Wednesday night even. And, and so you're competing a lot with your teenagers. And so you and I are close, and, you know, I was in the youth ministry 2010 to – 2016 that's when i started getting involved and leading right and so like but in those you talk about baseball and school sports and activities and i remember you know at hamburg in the 2010 you know as my older sister graduated you know they i don't think they really scheduled sports on wednesday nights uh but like over from two early 2000s to now that like style of scheduling sports on Wednesday nights and Saturdays and Sundays has like slowly just 
creeped in more and more. Sure. It was never a drastic thing. In, sure. in Arkansas, to be fair, y'all, we all have grown up in the Bible Belt, yeah. and it's a part of the culture in the Bible Belt. Yeah. 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 So so I enjoyed the youth ministry. You know, be honest with you guys, it was the basketball. There was a church, and when I got saved in, we, we went and played basketball. A lot of times, not even church going on. Somebody yeah. somebody randomly had a key. You're like, oh, you got a key to a church? Yeah, well, let's go up there. Nobody yeah. knew wow. who was up there, but we played basketball two, three hours at night, and uh, it'd be that, a, a packed gym. We had the basketball goal that was like, you know, on the back of the parking lot with the either no net or like ripped net. So y'all actually had a gym. This, this was a nice gym. Oh, it wasn't a, wow. it wasn't a full court, but it, but it was like three quarter marked and all that. Oh. Now disclaimer, yeah, some stuff got broken. I'm not gonna. It happens. Yeah, it happens. There was nobody there for emergencies or nothing. It was pretty dangerous, probably. Uh, but back then it was fun. It was, it was somewhere to go. It kept you off the streets. As pa- well, and that exactly as Pastor says, you know, if uh, I'd rather have a scuff on the wall or maybe even have to do some sheetrock work, that means things are happening and yeah. kids are there. People are and there. I, I the don't building. know why, but Dad gave my sister, uh, older sister, myself, a key to our church gym when we were in South Arkansas. But on Friday nights and Saturday nights after the football game, we would play basketball till 1 or 2 a.m. Yeah. And, and just so were nice. always there. But those kids also, at the same time, they fell in love with playing basketball and the people that were there. And sometimes our youth pastor at the time, Trey Emery, would hang out and just hang out with us till midnight. And, and so relationships were formed, and so people would come on Wednesday nights. Great one ministry one, tool. One of the great basketball. stories, and one of the great stories that I've seen, it's a wonderful picture. Uh, John MacArthur, pastors Grace Community Church in Los Angeles, uh, he's overlooking. Uh, he's office complex, two stories. So he's uh, he's at a window, hands behind his back, and somebody took a picture of him from behind. Yeah. And they took a picture of it because what's down below is a fountain. Yeah. And there's kids playing in that fountain, having a wonderful time, splashing. Yeah. And they caption it. MacArthur turns around and says, "You see that? I love that. This is teaching them to fall in love with the church." And I thought to myself, that resonated with me because I've seen times where instead of having that attitude, it's, get out of that fountain. Why are you in that fountain? You're going to yeah. mess that fountain well, up. Like the, exactly. It's it's not about them like going in, going in, open your Bible, sit in this pew, but it's more than just being comfortable being there. Exactly. So what you described of playing basketball till 2 in the morning or playing basketball or doing this or doing that, that is teaching – our people and kids right. to fall in love with the church. Yeah, that's a big, yes, big ministry tool. Yep, it's just a a place, but a place is a tool. Absolutely. Whether it's a gym, correct. Whether even if it's one of those uh, basketball goals that you put bricks on there to keep the wind from blowing it down <laughs> out in the parking lot. Yeah. And I don't care if even if you have that, that's right. use it. It's I, a tool. I think, and just it's silly, but what was so fun about. Uh, the gym we had at church is like we had a little scoreboard and we had music and it was just fun and competitive and a lot of times the girls or the guys brought their girlfriends and like everybody was there and and we could lock off parts of the building and we had the kitchen open drinks uh, and yeah that was a ministry tool but uh, I mean it's not just basketball uh, sometimes we had the, the holes in the floor we could set up the volleyball net yeah and we could play volleyball. That's what uh, I yeah I was gonna so you played volleyball yeah volleyball never took off really around here really or, yeah it yeah, was it, it was huge for Armin like what what about like uh, see laser tag started 
laser tag, you started seeing all the guns when, when I was a kid. Oh, but any gym. But did, did y'all do laser tag or anything like we that? We did yes. Nerf Wars. Nerf Wars, okay. Any gym, laser, though, you Nerf could play coming in. wolf okay. ball, kickball. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you could play it all. Did you ever go to church camp, Rob, or you, were you church always camp? playing no. sports? I was always playing sports. Okay. Four-sport athlete, always in sports. Never got to go to church camp. Four sports? Yeah, like Monday I'd be at the track meet, but Tuesday I'd be pitching. Uh, like I was busy. Uh, yeah, summer yeah. camps wow. is tough. I just read on, time. especially nowadays. But the early two thousands, yeah, kind of too. But especially nowadays, church camps are tough for at student athletes. Huh. Yeah, because of uh, especially summer, football players. Yes, football players. Work, you're yeah. starting uh, travel ball. Uh, AAU basketball is a big deal, but you also got uh, football workouts going on. And I used to be a part of the problem. You know, scheduling these workouts, making a mandatory team camp, seven on sevens, a lot of things. And, uh, you know, going back to it, my calling into the ministry, I realized, hey, those things, they are important, but there's something else way more important uh, than just a ball. There's yeah. something way more important out there. And since since we're talking about all this stuff that's really relevant, Rob, let's, let's dive into – we're in the youth ministry in this day and age. Um, let's dive into the culture, uh, and that can be relevant to Central Arkansas, Arkansas, but even the country. But let's talk into the, let's dive into the culture of youth ministry, but more in particular, students. Students, uh, I'll say this, and this might blow some people's minds. Uh, Wednesday night youth ministry is not the church. Uh, what I mean by that is our Sunday. Uh, corporate gathering where all generations together uh, are together. That's that's the church, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so, I don't like to treat a Wednesday night youth ministry sharing students as a church uh, uh, in itself. I'm trying to get people to Sunday, right? right. And, and so, when, when you have that mindset, you use it as a tool, just like a basketball court, right? And, and so, you're talking to kids, forming relationships, trying to give kids rides home. And so I get a lot of that from my coaching background. That's just things that you do, rapport with kids, and uh, getting them not only to trust you, but trust this place and the people that's in it. And so youth ministry now, and Pastor's been saying it, you see a lot of the cutting-edge stuff uh, begin in youth ministry, I think. A lot of it is, you know, tried there first. Uh, let's see if uh, this small group thing will work. Right. Then you find out, oh, it's like the biggest and best thing. Well, let's try it on, you know, uh, some some churches right. do it on Sunday morning. Some churches do it on Sunday nights. They call them life groups, and you see this thing start filtering in. So the cutting edge stuff, I think, uh, really uh, starts in youth ministry. You see a lot of the quote unquote cool stuff, I guess. A lot of the kids. We go to these conferences, right? We go to all these uh, the winter jams that Sean was talking about. Winter jams. The Arkansas Youth Conference is big, and uh, for some reason, you know. We have this idea that there has to be all these lights and this cool stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but something that I said about the fifth quarter is while I go, there's always something constant in that, and it's the Word of God. Yeah, It's always there. And so it might, I think Pastor said it just a moment ago about, you know, the method right. uh, has changed over time. You see it a lot starting in youth ministry, uh, but the message is still the same. And so uh, I'm the guy, I'm always outside the box willing to try something different. And so nowadays, uh, I think if uh, you have to be relevant nowadays, kids are seeing stuff uh, five seconds after it happens, you know, on social media. And so culture has impacted uh, the church greatly. I'll say that. Uh, But not in a negative way. Maybe the methods have been affected by culture. 
But what I'm trying to do is get the uh, students to impact culture, right? right? It's impacted our mm. method, but let's get our message and go out there and impact, one of, one impact of my favorite, the world. One of my favorite student pastors, he is, I mean, I, I don't His know. His name's him. Rob, yep. right? Yep. <laughs> okay. And I don't know this guy personally, but he pastors like one of the largest youth ministries in the U.S., but... He's they're one of their biggest, biggest like forefronts in their youth ministry is always like, you know, culture has always influenced the world, but what's wrong with the church influencing culture? Yes, and and, and that's when it comes to methods, like that's what methods have to change. I think they have to because how fast and quick the culture changes. Because it's so like nowadays you can go up to some high schoolers. And, like, church is something they've never thought about going to. They've never been sat down in a church building. And, like, compared to the 80s or 90s, like, every kid has knows what church is and knows that Sunday is for church. Nowadays, it's... Well, it's so fast. And so you guys have seen it gradually change, right? You, we, we, we started in the 70s, right? And you see a gradual change. You were talking about dress code a minute ago mm-hmm. in the Duncan booth. Yeah. And we're talking about generations of people before it changes. Nowadays, every student pastor out there has, is faced with an issue. Mm-hmm. This year it might be cool, but next year there's something new, and that's a thing of the past. Yeah. It's changing so quick, and it might not even be yearly. It might be seasonally. Like yeah. It was cool in the fall, but now in the spring that's old. And, yeah. and so you've got to keep up with these things to use them as part of your method to reach them so you can train them and disciple them with the message so that they can go out and make an impact on that culture. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, yeah, exactly. I mean, everything that we're talking about uh, is, I mean, summed up in the fact that we are in the world, but we're not to be of yeah. the world correct and so you know that's that's what we see i think some people try to figure out where that line is mm-hmm. you know they, they try to figure it out and i think it all starts in the heart you know um the heart behind it all yeah yeah uh, and so uh if you're just going what? out there and hanging out with people in the world and doing the things that they're doing but you're never uh, influencing you're never influencing them and you're just a follower yeah. of yeah. them well, well, you well, you're now a part of the world, like you're of the world. Yeah, and well, one of the things that we have to remember as as believers in Christ, and and perhaps this will help somebody, but our hearts, of course, when we talking when we're talking about being in the world but not of the world, our hearts are uh, in heaven, uh, if you will. That's what you know. We need to be focusing on that. But our hands and our heads are here. Yeah, and that's where the serving comes in. That's where the loving comes in. That's where the listening comes in. Sure, because I, I mean, in my experience, that's where and you know, help me out, guys. That's where like when we're dealing with teenagers today, um, because I can't stay up with the with the language anymore. I feel old <laughs> now. I really do. Yeah. Uh, Rob, you're gonna get there. You've no, been playing, I'm, I'm already there. You, you've been that's playing why I got softball. Uh, oh. <laughs> Because you, you and I were talking about you get tired now at eight fifteen. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, and I'm barely hanging on. Oh, you're. Oh, wow. Just wait. That's how fast it's changing. Wait till you're you get barely married. hanging on. Okay, well, I'm, I'm a just, kid. I, it, well, yes. get, going to bed early, yes, but also just like keeping up with culture. Because, like Rob said, things are seasonal, if not like, and a lot of credit due to social media uh-huh. is how fast things become popular or trendy. Is uh-huh. from social media and yeah. things change so fast in, in youth is mm-hmm. style and uh, slang words and yes. different things. So 
I mean, y'all help me here. If I if I'm off, y'all tell me. But so that's where we if we're gonna if we're gonna really pour into and be there for students of today, we have to learn how to meet them where they are yep. and hear them and listen to them well. And and, and we and we love them a hundred percent. And I, I wanted to mention something earlier. We were talking about in y'all's uh, day and age in the eighties and nineties how like van ministries and things like that were popular as to nowadays like it's tough to do that kind of stuff because of just the culture and i guess i don't know the word i'm looking for but like in this culture it's weird to say but you can't just drive around and pick up kids in a van no you're gonna get arrested really quick (laughs) now granted if it's put together well and you wanted kids to come get picked up and you you, wanted to come to church yes but y'all but in the 80s and 90s you could drive through neighborhoods and say hey we're going to church tonight come on they're out there playing in the in the ditch mom can i go to church yeah go yeah nowadays you you can't do that matter no no it doesn't matter yeah that was that was the 70s right there yeah Yeah. no parental forms to fill out no i just just get on the bus let's go yeah i mean i would ride my bike everywhere yeah and now no, you can't do it now. Which, which, as as we kind of wrap wrap this up, let's talk about you know, just the positives and things we can look forward to. And I'll start with this: is that it's one of my favorite worship songs right now by Maverick City. Is that the blood is still the blood, mm. and Jesus still saves. That's a good word. And that's what we can always come back to, and that will always be the message that we bring. Mm. And yeah. the method will I I it, I will say that it always needs to change. And we can do our best to craft it in a way that, that that's the message. But we may present it a different way. It may sound different. It may look different. But to, the message to, doesn't change. That's right. Yeah. And it's just uh, it hits home where is the gospel. We hold up Jesus Christ mm-hmm. by either our lips or our life the life you live and the words you speak. And right now we're we're doing this on a Wednesday night, and so. I'm just talking about this is it's kind of uh it's kind of kind of makes me emotional because I think about students right now playing pool and ping pong in the other room right now. Yeah, you can hear them. And yeah. there's kids. They're here. There's kids, uh you know, some music playing in there. Uh and just that's that's just ministry. It it, it looks different all the time. It it will always change. It will always evolve. We'll come up with crazy new ways to reach people whether that's setting up a tent at a at a big football game that we do yearly, or got a barrel full of candy over here. Yeah, um, do we really? <laughs> we do. Oh, right there. Wow, yeah. chocolate. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that the ministry is always always going to be evolving. But yeah, and I do want to add this, Sean. Is there anything that you got? Because because I'm going to wrap it up. I got a good word for our listeners here in just a second. Yeah, I was just going to say. I mean, you know, youth ministry is uh, is important um, because. You know, I was a, you know, and I'm smiling while I'm saying it, you know, I I was a teenager when I got saved. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, I had a book in my hand. I got mad having to go to church. I did this. I did that. Uh, But God providentially, you know, saw that, you know, I sat under that teaching and that preaching that that y'all are talking about and the word from youth volunteers. Yeah. And they loved me enough to take me and to pour into me and i'm here as a result of their uh ministry and so you know rob caleb um pastor and i uh love y'all we can't do it anymore we're old we're we're (laughs) we're old and crotchety we like to have fun 
but Amen. but we you know we just love y'all and and support what y'all do because these kids matter. Yeah, and and I'm just gonna give an encouraging word for any listener that's on here. If you're a youth volunteer, a parent, uh, maybe just a church member, and maybe you have an influence of of some sort uh, to to some family members, some teenagers, or something. I will say that on on our sheet here it says youth ministry is important because dot dot dot. I'll say this and. and you might disagree with me. I don't know that youth ministry outside of Sunday morning church is important, but it's the most important ministry, I believe, that we have in our churches today, and here's why. When you're 12 to 18 years old, that's a very um, a big time in your life. You see a lot of stuff. You do a lot of growing up. You're influenced by a lot of things, and that's a time for the church to step in and let them kids, those teenagers, fall in love with the church, right? Mm -hmm. Because here's something that, that I regret till today is that I was saved at a young age, and I'm very thankful for churches that have programs and things. I w was saved at 11 years old, but I was not living for Jesus at 11 years old all the way till uh, I got involved in church and when I was 23. And so I'll say this, it's the most important because when they get to 18, they're going to realize one day that the class that they graduated with, I don't, I don't know how big it might be, but they have a sphere of influence that's going to be the biggest that they'll ever have in their life yeah. for the most part. I graduated with 62, a whopping huge class of 62 and in everybody my high school. Knew you. Everybody knew me and we all knew each other. But I wasn't living for Jesus, and w how many lives could I have impacted yeah. then if I had, would have been plugged into church, would mm -hmm. have been discipled, and would have been uh, sent out with a message, That's right? That's a mission field. Yes. It's, our, our schools are the biggest mission field in the world. It's the schools in the United States. I, I'll say it. That is the biggest mission field in the world is our schools. And, and I want to send out as many people as we can, but it takes everybody. It's not just the youth pastor. It's got to be the parent. A parent the other night told me our most important priority right now is our son mm -hmm. making sure he's at church he's hearing the gospel i was like wow i have hope right and so for my volunteers out there uh in church thank you guys parents thank you guys for having them here but let's all pour into our teenagers yeah. because they're out there in the hallways with the world and we got a message to tell mm. and so we all need to realize that hey those people are the biggest missionaries that we have and we don't even know it but let's equip them to go into the hallways to change the world. Amen. Um, that snotty-nosed kid may be the next uh, Rob Cox and Sean Collins. Yeah, and they you never know. That's, and then they surrender in the ministry. Such powerful words and, and encouragement. And I enjoyed today's episode so much. Thank y'all guys uh, so much for joining us. If you tuned in through the whole episode, we pray that we have encouraged you in a way and possibly shared some tips and tricks to help us all continue on the mission of following Jesus loving others, and reaching the lost.